If you would, uh, please turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 1. As my wife said, it was 20 years ago, it was August 1st, actually, that Pastor David Wilkerson laid hands on us here, this place, as we knelt, and he prophesied that this would be the, we would be the first fruits. The gospel is to the Jew first, and also to the Greek and that Times Square Church would be ascending church. And now there are works all over the world. Glory to God. So it's a great privilege to come back here, very moving for us. And um, this is our family, away from our family in Israel. And um, it's tremendous what God's doing here. The presence of God preaching of the word, the ministries, the family of God. We were sent to start a rehabilitation center for Jews and Arabs because we're the one new man of Jew and Gentile in one body. Jesus broke down the wall of all divisions. And if he can reconcile Jews and Arabs, he can reconcile anybody. And I'm here to tell you, for 19 years, he's been doing it in our drug rehab. Hundreds have come to the Lord. Jews, it's filled tonight and has been ever since it opened. So God is able. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well. I am ready or watching over my word to perform it. And that's what I want to speak to you tonight about. He is watching over his word. He's ready to perform it. God performs his word. We need to get this truth into us that he does what he says. It's not just that it's written, but he actually performs his word. It's a great mystery. It's a tremendous truth. The Lord wants to release it to us tonight in greater measure. During the first Gulf War, when Saddam Hussein was firing his uh, rockets, his missiles at Haifa and Tel Aviv, we lived in Haifa, which is on Mount Carmel, and we had moved into the, an old deserted building, which had been a medical mission uh, in Haifa for almost 100 years, British missionaries, doctors and, and, and nurses, and they, they, it was deserted. They had left the place, and it was all overrun and, and, and uh, needed all kinds of work. And the Lord told us this would be the place where we would start this drug and alcohol, alcohol rehabilitation center. But there was nobody there. We didn't have a congregation. We didn't have a car. We didn't have any money. We didn't have a fax machine. But we did have the Word of God that he told us this was the place, and we knew it. And so one morning as I was praying early in the morning before it was the sun had come up, I was looking out the window, and I was in this old building and uh, built into Mount Carmel. And as I looked out the window and the sun started to come up, I noticed a tree right there, not far from the window, and it had these white blossoms on it. And I looked at it, and as the sun came up, I saw this tree, and I didn't know what kind of tree it was, and to my understanding, the day before, those blossoms weren't there. And so I was wondering what these were. And I was reading Jeremiah 1, 11, and 12 about the almond tree. And as I looked at it, 
a young Arab who wanted to work with us and with, with drug addicts and has been ever since. In fact, I planted a Lebanese church with him. He pastors it now. His name's Joseph. Joseph came over, and I said, Joseph, come on out back here. I said, well, this tree didn't have these blossoms yesterday. What are these white blossoms coming up? And he said, David, that's an almond tree. You see, God was speaking to me that he watches over his word to perform it that we were in the right place, we were running through the night, putting on gas masks, scuds were hitting Haifa, Mount Carmel was shaking, the Soviet Union had just collapsed, a million Russian Jews were on their way back, and we were right in the middle of this on Mount Carmel, because ma many of them came to Haifa, the port of Haifa. And so as we were there on Mount Carmel, the Lord said, I'm going to perform my word if you trust me, and if you believe me. You know, God obligates himself to his word. Do you realize that? He made an oath of his word to Abraham. God's word is true, and he performs it, and those who believe it will see the miracle happen. Now, I want to read from Genesis chapter 12. God performing his word. God found a man named Abraham. Abram was his name from what is today Iraq, told him to leave everything. And this is what he says to him. Chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you, him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, I want to submit to you tonight that God has fulfilled this promise to Abraham. This word has been performed. It looked completely impossible. An old man that was too old to have babies with a wife who was too old to have babies who left, left what is today Iraq and came down into the land of Canaan, which is today Israel, and said, I'm going to make you a great nation. He's the father of the nation of Israel, the nation that has existed for thousands of years. He's performed that word. He's blessed all the nations of the earth. The covenant to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jesus came to the covenant. So the gospel has gone out through the whole world. And this man got these promises when he was an old man, and it seemed impossible. But God watched over that word, Jeremiah or, or uh, uh, Genesis 12, and he has performed it. And we, we can see with our own eyes and read history that we see what God did because he said he was going to do it. Now, he found a man, Romans 4 tells us, who was fully persuaded that God was able to keep his promises. You need to be fully persuaded that God will keep the promises and he will perform them. That's what Abraham believed. It didn't make any sense. I mean, can you imagine... If he said to some of the people that were traveling with him, they were living like Bedouins in tents, God told me Sarah and I are going to have a baby. Must have been the, the joke of the community. But then it happened. All of a sudden, Sarah was pregnant, you know, in her 90s, walking around the, the town, and there she was with this baby in the midst of her. I mean, they were a walking miracle. But God had told him that's what he was going to do, and God performs his word. This God, this God that we follow, he says, I'm going to do it. You just believe me and watch me do it. It's not us doing it. It's him doing it. 
Hallelujah. He said he could work with Jews and Arabs, and he's doing it. It's not me doing it. He said he, he, said he broke down the wall of division. I just simply believe it. Hallelujah. And he performs the word. Look at verse 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. He said, I'm going to give you the land of Canaan, which is Israel today. God said it. And look, we live on it. We live on Mount Carmel. It's called Israel, you know. That's where we are. God did it. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, and he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. He said, I'm going to give you children all, as many as the stars. And now, the greatest revival in the history of the world, as far as we know, is happening in China. Some say over 100 million have come to the Lord. Descendants, spiritual descendants of Abraham. It's being fulfilled in Indonesia. You know, it was wonderful to hear Hava Nagila being sung here in New York City. Praise God for what, singing that tonight. But we've been to Indonesia, and you should have seen my Jewish wife with about 2,000 ex-Muslims singing Hava Nagila in Indonesia. Hallelujah. <laughs> but you know what? The Indonesians and the Indians and the Africans and the Chinese, they all love Israel. They read the word, they believe it literally, and they stand. The persecuted church doesn't have any problems with this. Hallelujah. It's the one new man. It's what he's going, how his church is going to end. Jews and Gentiles are coming together finally at the end of the age. That's how it began. That's how we're going to go out to the wedding. Hallelujah. Praise God. Look at verse 7. I give thee this land to inherit, he says. Look at verse 13. Then he said to Abram, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them, and they will, and they will afflict them for 400 years. He tells him these specific promises. They all came true. God performed it. This is the truth of the Word of God. Thank God we have it in this, in this dark, dark age in which we live. Now, look at, um, go to Genesis 17. I'll read verse 19. Then God said, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. Isaac in Hebrew is Yitzchak. It means laughter. And I'll tell you, when that baby came out, there was a lot of laughter in that house. And you shall call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and his descendants after him. So the covenants of God come through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The proof is, read Matthew chapter 1. The New Testament starts with it. The genealogy of Jesus goes from Abraham up that, right down to Jesus, through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The covenants of God came through Isaac. But the next verse says, as for Ishmael, Ishmael is the boy that Sarah had or that Sarah, didn't, Sarah had, had her husband have with an Egyptian maid na named Hagar because they didn't wait for the promise. So Ishmael was the son of the flesh by an Egyptian maid. So Abraham had Ishmael, but there are promises for Ishmael. And the Arab people believe they are the descendants of Ishmael. 
Ishmael and Isaac, Jews and Arabs. They're half-brothers with the same father, Abraham. And this is what the argument's been going on in the Middle East for all of these centuries. But look at the promises for Ishmael. Verse 20, And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. All this power, the nations in the Middle East, were all promised to the seed of Ishmael, the Arab people. Have you ever looked at a map of the Middle East? They have 98% of the land and all of the oil. They are, they are, it's big and powerful. And you find little Israel. Sometimes I put up a map and people are trying to find, where's Israel? I can't even find. It's only nine miles wide at one point. But all these promises have come true. The covenants through Isaac and all this land and power to Ishmael. And listen, Ishmael is crying in the desert. He was put out of the house with Agar. Hagar and God gave promises to Hagar and Ishmael. And the Muslim people, the Arab people are beginning to cry out to the Lord. There's a revival going on in, of all places, Iran. Glory be to God. It's happening in Saudi Arabia. It's happening in Iraq. It's happening in Egypt. I know leaders from all over the Middle East. We, we, we have been meeting every year for about 16 years now. And God is moving all through. You don't hear about it, but God is moving. There are 20 new evangelical churches in Baghdad alone. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the covenants came through. To prove this, just read the genealogy of Jesus. God performed his word. Listen, centuries, centuries, centuries ago, thousands of years, God says to an old man who's too old to have children, you're going to have a baby. His name is Isaac. And all my covenants are going to flow through him. And out of him is even going to come the Messiah that will be a blessing to the whole world. And it's all come to pass. Hallelujah. Now, look at uh, Exodus chapter 12. We're talking about God performing his word. Exodus chapter 12, verse 41. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, on that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. God sent the heavenly host to take the, the Jewish people out of Egypt on the very day that it had been prophesied in the Word that it was going to happen, the very hour it happened, the Red Sea opened. God watches over His Word to perform it. We have the empirical truth all through the Bible. One time a, a king of Prussia was not a believer, and he... Uh, had a general in his army and said, who was a born-again believer, a Bible believer, and the, the, the king said to the general, prove to me the Bible is true. You know what he said? The general said to the king, the Jews, your majesty, they still exist. God, is, God watches because all these promises are coming true, and they have for all of these centuries. Now, look at, turn to Joshua for a moment. Joshua chapter 23. 
Joshua 23. Joshua was an old man. He was about to go, go to the Lord. Joshua had been Moses' assistant. Moses had laid hands on Joshua. Joshua had taken the children of Israel into the promised land, saw Jericho fall, and you know the story, and uh, saw, saw uh, all the wonderful miracles that happened in, in the promised land. And then near the end of his life, in Joshua chapter 23, verse 14, he said this, Behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth, and you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. God performs his word. If we only trust him with all our heart, you will see it happen in your circumstances in your life. Let's, uh, well, another example I could give you. When Solomon was dedicating the temple, his father David received the plans from the Holy Spirit and gave him to, and uh, Solomon built the temple. And when the temple was completed, and all the temple worship was happening. The glory of the Lord filled the house. The priests couldn't stand. They fell on their face. And as, as, as Solomon prayed this magnificent, wonderful, powerful prayer and got on his knees in front of all the people in Jerusalem, he said this. He said, your promise to my father, it's come to pass. And he said this, you spoke it with your mouth and you fulfilled it with your hand. He speaks it with his mouth. We read it, we hear it, we believe it, and it, he does it. He performs his word. The temple was complete. The glory of the Lord had returned to Israel. There it was, the proof, the empirical proof. God speaks a word, and he will do it for you. You will see it accomplished by his mighty hand. Isn't this a wonderful God that we follow? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, but you need to be fully convinced like Abraham was. Abraham is the father of our faith because he was full of, fully convinced that what God had promised he was able to perform. You need to believe it. I need to believe it. I need to believe that God would reconcile Jews and Arabs. It has to be part of who I am. And I know he can do it. That's why we went there. When we got there, people said, who are you working with, Arabs or Jews? I said, both. And they laughed. Now they come and they marvel. Hallelujah. She's got three Arabs on her worship team. They're Arabs and Jews and Germans on her worship team. It's the one new man. They call it the one new man band. Hallelujah. God is able to do it. He, he performs it. Now, go to Jeremiah 31. Let me give you a specific example of this, this in, in our own life. Jeremiah 31, verse 7. For thus says the Lord, sing with gladness for Jacob. Jacob, Israel is a Jacob nation. Israel is on a move toward the Jabbok River in the spirit where God wrestled with Jacob and broke his hip and turned him into Israel. We are on a collision course with God. God is going to encounter the Jewish people. He already is, but it's going to be much greater than it is now. And when Jacob wrestled, was, God wrestled with him, 
The next morning, he limped on his hip and walked across Peniel, the face of God. We know that's our destiny, because I'm about to read it to you. Pray for America that you don't become an Esau nation. I mean, listen to me. You have a birthright. Don't sell it for a pot of soup or whatever. We're a Jacob nation. We're, we're going to have our hip broken, but I'll tell you what, it, it's victory's limp, man. When you're walking with the Lord and it's all the Lord and you're leaning on the Lord, it's victory's limp. I'd rather be a Jacob nation than an Esau nation. Now, sing with gladness for Jacob and shout among the chief of the nations. America, at least until now, has been the chief of the nations recently. So I'm, I'm shouting here about what God is doing in the Middle East and in Israel. Proclaim, give praise, and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. If you want to pray for Israel, if you want to bless Israel, cry out for the remnant. Cry out for the move of God. There are about 15,000 Jews now who believe in Jesus in Israel. More Jews than Arabs are coming to the Lord than any time since the book of Acts. It's happening right now. Hallelujah. So pray for us. Look what he says. I will bring them from the north country. I will gather them from the ends of the earth. Among them, the blind and the lame and the woman with child and the one who labors with child together. A great throng shall return there. They shall come with weeping and with supplication. I will lead them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of water in a straight way in which they will not stumble. I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. This scripture... As I stood there on that mountain and saw that, uh, that, that almond tree, and my Arab worker told me what it was, and then we would run through the night, and then we'd watch, watch the Jews coming back to the port of Haifa. We would sit on the porch of what we now call House of Victory, Karen and I, and would see the boats come in from Odessa. And here they came. I will bring them back from the north. Where is Russia from Israel. It's north. It's due north. And here they came. And we knew it was going to happen. I have a friend who wrote a book about it called Exodus 2 long before it happened. We, it's written because we knew it. People were marching around the Kremlin and the Soviet Union just collapsed. You don't think God can bring in a huge harvest in Islamic nations? Yes, he can. It's written too. He's going to do it. He's already doing it. Hallelujah. So here came all these Russians, and, and, and Karen and I are just sitting there weeping. They came with plastic bags because the security people had taken whatever luggage they had, took their wedding rings, their watches. Their, they didn't have anything. They just had the clothes. And it was exactly the way it's described here. Old men, grandfathers, children, un, un, uh, you know, unmarried people. And as they came, they were open to the Lord. And we could do evangelism on the streets of Haifa. And a Russian would run up and say, give me a Bible. Can I, give me a, we couldn't read this in the Soviet Union. Another would come up and say, well, if you're giving him one, give me one. Let me give, give me one for, I mean, they were hungry for the word of God because they'd been 70 years, they hadn't been able to read it. This, this God is performing his word. I'm here to tell you what I see. 65% of our congregation are from the former Soviet Union because it's written. He brought them there. They didn't know why they were coming, but God performed his word. A young man uh, was a drug addict, 
He's from Uzbekistan. You probably don't know where it is. I had to look on a map to find out myself. But it was part of the Soviet Union. It's a Muslim nation. He was a Jew from Uzbekistan, where they were persecuted. He came to Haifa, became a drug addict on the streets of Haifa. We took him off the streets. He came into our drug rehab. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. He went through our internship program. He, he, he became a young leader that a Jew from Uzbekistan, he fell in love with a, one of our German workers, and the Jew married the German. God is able, amen? Hallelujah. And he is now our youth pastor. God brought him. God is performing his word. And next, in a few days, he is helping lead a group of Jewish teenagers who believe in Jesus to Germany, where they bond with these German teenagers. Pastors go with them. And then they take an 18-hour bus trip to, to Poland, to Auschwitz, and they walk hand in hand, a Jew and a German, and they go through the concentration camp of Auschwitz and forgive one another. It's reconciliation. God is performing his word. Hallelujah. There's a young lady in our congregation. She was married with two children. And her husband was on a, took a flight back to Siberia where they were from. And her mother was on that plane. And the plane was shot down by mistake, mistake by a Ukrainian missile. This was about 10 years ago. Maybe you read about it. The plane crashed into the Dead Sea. And she lost her mother and she lost, lost her husband. So she was a young widow in our congregation, two beautiful children. And uh, another drug addict was living in a, from the former Soviet Union, was living in an abandoned house in Haifa. We brought him into House of Victory. He had sores all over his legs. He was dying. He looked like a, you know, looked like a corpse, hardcore heroin addict. Lord set him free. He went through our internship program. He married the widow as the father of the two children, and now she's pregnant by his baby. And it's like, it's like these scriptures, see, my congregation, the congregation, our congregation, all these are literal to us. We see them happening over and over and over again, and God is performing his word. Hallelujah. Now, verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd does. That is what God is doing in the land of Israel today. He is shepherding his people. I'm an under-shepherd of his people on Mount Carmel. It's written, we don't have time to turn there in Micah 7, 14 and 15, that he will shepherd his people on Carmel as in the days of when I brought them out of the land of Egypt as in the days of eternity, and I will show them signs and wonders. It's Micah 7, 14. It's happening right now on Mount Carmel where, where we live. God wrote it. God said it. And he's performing it. He's doing it. Now think about your own circumstances. God gives you a word. You need to believe and hang on, and he will perform it, and you will see him do it. Now, before we came here, I had to seek the Lord. Should I come? Because three years ago, I was going to come to the States, and the Lord said, stay in Israel. And all of a sudden, Hezbollah hit us with 3,000 rockets. You know, Hezbollah in Lebanon, southern Lebanon, is 20 miles from Haifa. The rockets get there in 60 seconds. You don't have time to get to a bomb shelter. They have 40,000 now waiting now. They're all coming from Iran and Syria and Russia. 
UN just watches what's going on. So all of that stockpiling and getting ready for the next round, we always feel like we're on a pause button in Israel, you know, between wars. And the whole situation with Iran, of course, I know you know about that, and uh, it's, real, it's our neighborhood. And they threaten to wipe us off the map. And they're hurtling toward getting nuclear weapons. And we know it, and our government knows it. So I had to hear from the Lord Israel's not, is going to not let it happen. Let me just say that to you. Because no, no Israeli government is going to let somebody try to annihilate them because of the Holocaust. So I had to ask the Lord. So I sought the Lord. And this is what the Lord gave me. I'll read it to you. So, so I was free to come here. It's Psalm 33. I preached in our congregation the day before we left. And the Lord gave us this. My wife was singing it a few minutes ago, part of it. And he said, verse 6, Psalm 33, verse 6. I went to the Lord and I said, give me a word about the situation in Israel that will release me to go to the states. And so verse 6, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Isn't that wonderful? By the word, he speaks it and the heavens were made. He watches over his word. He performs it. He does it. Look at verse five, 9. For he spoke and it was. That's what it means in Hebrew. It's, he spoke and it was done. He speaks it and he does it. It's the power of the word of God. When I met Jesus years ago, I read Luke 15 and it said, when he was still a long way off, the father ran out to him. I had to go. I went down to a Christian bookstore here and got all the translations I could get to make sure that's exactly what it said, that the father ran out to meet me as the prodigal coming back to him. He did. It's true. That's how I got saved. I used to say when I found God in New York City, I didn't find him. He found me. Hallelujah. And he found you. He's the good shepherd looking for his sheep. So he says, he spoke, and it was. Look at verse 10. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. That's what he told me. That's why we could come here. I'm standing on this word. Confuse them. Confuse them. Let all those people that want to destroy you, let them all argue with each other and get confused and bring the counsel to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. His plans, his word, stand forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen for his inheritance. We are not a godly nation, Israel. You, neither are you. But if, there, if the church will stand up, if the body of Messiah will pray and cry for their land and for their people, and the remnant and the church keeps growing, God can look at a nation with favor. God can look at Israel with favor. It's up to us. Israel's not the problem. The believers are the problem. New York's not the problem. The church is the problem. Those people don't know how to pray. You know how to pray. You know how to. And God will look down with favor if he can find a praying church. He had to throw the, the Jews out of the land because he could find no one to stand in the gap. No one was praying, so he allowed them to be thrown out and be, be judged. God is watching over his word, and he's performing it. Now, 
I want to share something to you personally. I, uh, I seek the Lord. I hope you do. I spend time trying to get in touch with the Lord. I, um, I want to know him. Even Paul, as an old man in a pre Roman prison, could write Ephesians, the one new man, the revelation, and Philippians, that great church that he planted with Lydia. And he could say, I want to know him. This man who we think, he, he knew him, he knew him, he knew him. There's so much more to wanting to know him. So I hope you do that. And so I try to do that in my faltering ways sometimes maybe. And not, not too long ago, I was worshiping the Lord. And I was trying to know him more. And a song came on. It happened to be on one of my wife's CDs. And the song is, uh, one of her collaborators wrote it. It's in English. And it's, the song is, I Will Answer You. It's the name of it. And it was a song given to one of the psalmists that she works with in a very particular set of circumstances that I know about. It was, it was the song of the Lord to me and to some other people. So as she was singing it, as Karen was singing it, and I was worshiping the Lord, this, one of my secret places on Mount Carmel, this, she sang this, song, this word, line, more than your heart has cried to know me. This is God singing in the song. More than your heart has cried to know me. God says, I want to know you. And I want to tell you, I was cut to the heart. And I said, God, you, uh, you know I want to know you, but do you know me? Now, God knows every hair on my head. He knows the ones turning gray. He knows my going in and my coming out. He knew me before the foundation of the world. He knew me in my mother's womb. He chose me before the foundation of the world that I be holy and blameless before him in love. All that's true, and it's all true about you. But the question for me was, do you really know me? And the word is in this deep, intimate union. Or do we block parts of our hearts so that we don't let him all the way in? And we have secret compartment in our hearts. We have sealed rooms in Israel from, from gas attacks. You don't want a sealed room in your heart. So I waited on him. I said, Lord, do you know me? And finally, the still small voice came. And what he said to my heart was, David, I want to know you so much more. And I'm here to tell you tonight, church, he wants to know you in a deeper way than you've allowed him to. You need to want to know him. But when we yield to him, he will come in and he will know us in a profound, intimate, deep way. I'm going to read from John chapter 10. John 10, verse 14. 
I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. Jesus says he's the good shepherd, and he knows his sheep, and he is known by those, my own, who are owned by him. He purchased you with a price. We're not our own. Those that are owned by him, he's, we've really allowed him to take ownership, body, soul, and spirit. These are the ones that hear his voice. Jesus says, I want to know you. John 10, 27, he says, my sheep are hearing, is what it is in the original language. My sheep are continually hearing my voice. And I know them, and they are continually following or obeying me. It's habitual activity is what he's talking about. My sheep, Jesus' sheep, are hearing, his sheep are hearing his voice right here, right now. Those that are really following him. Those that really want more of him. Those that really want him to know them in a deeper way. These are the ones that are known by him. You know, the, the um, parable he told of the ten virgins. All ten of the virgins had oil. They were virgins. They had a lamp. The oil is the Holy Spirit, of course. The lamp was, they had the light of life. They were going out to meet the bridegroom. They slept while they were waiting for the bridegroom. The midnight cry came. The shout, the bridegroom is coming. Five of them, the wise virgins, were prepared. They had oil in their lamps. Five of them were foolish. They didn't. They ran out of oil. They said, our lamps are going out. Can you imagine a believer, Christian, that's had the light, and the light is going dim? And the oil of the Holy Spirit is diminishing. And then the shout came, and the five, they went into the wedding. And there were the five foolish in the darkness and came to the door. And they wanted to come in. And what did Jesus say? What did the bridegroom say? I do not know you. I do not know you. The door was shut. My brothers and sisters, beloved, he wants to know you now in a much deeper way. And you will hear the voice of the shepherd. You will run after him. You will follow him. You will be his bride. He'll be the bridegroom. In Iran, where pastors have their heads cut off, where people are tortured for believing in Jesus, There's a move of the Holy Spirit going on through dreams and visions because Jesus loves the seed of Ishmael. And uh, there's satellite television all over Iran now. It's illegal, so you're in danger from the secret police if they find you. But people, millions of people have satellite dishes. and They're getting satellite television. And so evangelists that speak the Iranian Persian language 
are preaching the gospel 24 hours a day into Iran. And they're coming, to, they're coming to the Lord by the thousands. One head of a mosque said 50 girls a week, Muslim girls a week, are turning to Jesus. Now listen. They want to hear the voice of the shepherd. They've never had a chance to read this. They are hungry to hear the voice of the shepherd, to know him and let him know them. One uh, Muslim lady was watching uh, Christian television in Iran, and they showed the Jesus film. It's the book of Luke, translated into their language, of course. And she didn't know the story of Jesus because the Muslim holy book says that he did not die on the cross and all the, prom the covenants and the promises all come through Ishmael, not through Isaac, and Jesus didn't die and all that. So they don't know. So she saw this and she, oh, he's wonderful. He heals the sick. He walks on the water. He cares about the lepers. Oh, oh no, they're torturing. No, they're, they're beating him. Oh my God, they killed him. Then he, he was raised from the dead and she's going, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. This Muslim. And she's watching the television. And then she hears the man on TV, the, the evangelist says, on TV says, um, behold, Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and open the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. So she heard Revelations 3.20. So she went to the door and opened the door. And Jesus was standing there with the glory of God all around him. And she invited him in. She had a visitation of Jesus. He performed his word. So she, she, he, he disappears and she, on the, the guy on TV is saying, if you want more information, if you want, want books, call this number. She calls the number and she said, I just saw Jesus. And the man says, it's a good movie, right? Did you like it? She said, no, you don't get it. He came to my house. I met him. I know him. I opened the door. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now God watches over his word to perform it. Now let me finish with this. I'm going to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful and he will do it. God watches over his word to perform it. He will do it if you are fully, completely persuaded. Now those of you that have been listening to this, Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, I ask you to lead us right now by your spirit. I know there are great, great difficulties people are facing in this assembly. But you're able to do it, Lord. You're able to sanctify us completely, body, soul, and spirit. What a mighty God we serve. Now, if there's anyone here who doesn't know Jesus, this Muslim lady met him because she was enthralled with him. And God loved her so much, he just appeared to her. God wants to reveal his son in you tonight. 
If you're here and you have not been wanting to hear his voice, spending time to hear his voice, wanting to know him more, if you're not burning to know him more, God wants to help you and bring you into a deeper place with him. And if you don't know if you've opened your heart or if you know that you've not opened your heart, that he would come in and know you more. The word of the Lord to you is, behold, I'm standing at the door and knocking on your heart. If you'll simply open up, I'll come in and we'll have the deepest fellowship you can imagine. I'll break bread with you. I'll eat with you and you with me. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, I'm going to ask you to get out of your seats and just come down here. If you need to know him more, if you know you haven't opened your heart, that he might know you the way he wants to. And if you know that you need to be sanctified from sin, he will sanctify you body, soul, and spirit. Let's stand together. You just come. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I would hate for anyone in the sound of my voice to ever hear those words, I do not know you. Now is the time to get to know him and ask him to know you more. I've been praying it every day since that happened to me in that, in that song. Lord, know me. Come in, come in, come in. I'm giving you this part of my heart, that part of my heart. I don't want any, I don't want any closed rooms in my heart. You just come. If you're going through such a situation, you think it's totally impossible, God performs his word. God said, I'll bring them out of Egypt. And on the very day that he said that it was going to happen, it happened 400 years later. This is the God we serve. He performs his word. He loves you. He wants to give you his love. The same love with which the Father loved Jesus, he has made available to you the Father's love. That's what John 17 says. And he'll perform it in your heart if you open your heart and say, come all the way in. You're welcome. Hallelujah. 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 Let's just raise our hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank the Lord. Just thank him. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you that your word is true. We thank you that you perform your word. We thank you that you watch over your word. You guard it and then perform it. You just hold it and release it at the right time. Lord, I know there are people here that have had words from you from the Bible that they had known, that they've known, that they've known. Would you speak to them that you are able to perform it and to hang on and be fully convinced and persuaded and you will perform it in their life? If you don't know Jesus, some of you don't know him at all. Listen, I didn't know him. He came and got me. And boy, I met him, and my whole life changed. I was looking for truth. Lord, we surrender to you tonight. Why don't you say this after me? Lord, I surrender my heart. Come in. Sanctify me. 
body, soul, and spirit. I believe you will do it because we just read that, you, that it's in your word. You will perform it. Lord, I believe your word. From now on, I am going to be seeking you with all my heart. And I invite you into that place where you haven't had fellowship with me. Come all the way in, Lord. Now let me pray for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator God, the sustainer, the nourisher, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the paraclete, the one that comes alongside, the one that empowers us. In that name, the name above all names, the name at which every knee will bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. In that name, I take authority over every spirit that's been coming against you, lying spirits. Don't you listen to the lies of the enemy. Listen to the voice of the shepherd. He knows his sheep. They know his voice. Listen to his voice. Get into the word. Get into the words of Jesus. Let them become part of your, who, your character, who you are. And in that name, I take authority over every spirit of doubt, every spirit of unbelief. I know some of you are wrestling with sins. You just give them to the Lord. Give them to the Lord. He took them on the tree. He took them on his body. He died for your sins. He took it all. Just give it to him. Release it and leave it here. Glory to God. Glory to God. I seal every word that's been spoken here in the Holy Spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, I ask you that your word that has gone forth here tonight will work and work and work, will continue to perform and to perform, that people here will want to invite you in, to, that you would know them more, even as they long to know you more. Lord, you will answer. You are the answering God. You answer the prayers that are birthed in the Holy Spirit. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. We thank you. We praise you. Hallelujah. God, we believe you, Lord. We believe your word, Lord. We believe your promises. And God, at this altar tonight, Father, in Jesus' name, we act upon the promises you have given us. God, we leave every place of imprisonment. We walk away from every captivating power. We turn away, oh God, from all that offends your life within us. God Almighty, we believe that you give gifts to those who call out to you, God. You make us into what we could never hope to be. You take us into places we could never hope to go, and you do it all for the glory of your name. God Almighty, we believe you tonight. We believe you, Lord. We believe you, God. We believe you, Lord. We believe you for New York City, oh God. We believe you, Lord. We believe, God, that as we pray, Lord, as we walk before you in right relationship, God, as we stand in the gap, you will send your Holy Spirit to the streets of this city, oh God. Lord, we ask you for such conviction. We ask, Lord, that schools would have to close because the students would be under the conviction of sin. God Almighty, we ask that you shut down all activity, God. Cause people to come out into the streets and begin to ponder the things of eternity, oh God. Fill every house in the city, oh God, with seeking, praying people, Lord. God Almighty, raise up preachers of the gospel in every place, in every office building, oh God. 
in every church, Lord. Let there be somebody who can stand and explain the way of salvation. My God, answer the cry of every hungry heart in New York City, Lord. We stand in the gap for this city, Lord. We stand here, God, believing, Lord, that you hear our prayer. We stand here believing, God, believing, Lord, believing, God, that from Wall Street to the street there be a mighty revival, a mighty touch of God, a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. God, we believe it, Lord, with everything in us. God, we believe it, Lord. We believe it, God. We believe it, Jesus. We believe it, God, because your word says that when we pray, you will give us what we ask for. God, we believe it, Lord, because we're asking for the souls of men, women, and children to be our inheritance, God. You will give it to us, Lord. We thank you for it, God, with everything in us. We praise you tonight, oh God. I pray tonight that testimonies of freedom be birthed in this sanctuary that will spread throughout the city tomorrow. God, I pray you do such a work in us that we cannot be silent. We cannot keep quiet. We have to speak about it, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lift your hands and give him praise in this sanctuary. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank him. Thank him with all your heart. Thank him for what you need. Thank him for your freedom. Thank him for the victory. Thank him. Thank him for the victory. Praise God, 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 praise God. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I pray a blessing on this congregation tonight of joy, freedom, life, hope, vision, future, strength. God, may these things come into the hearts of your people. I pray, God, that you raise a testimony in the city that could, cannot be stand. No one can stand against it, oh God. No one can deny it, Lord, that you raise such a powerful testimony in your church, Father. We thank you, Father, for this tonight. We bless you for it with everything in us. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.